Hi, this is Darren Harris from 16 Candles, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Glad to have you back here at On Screen and Beyond if you're a former listener. And if you are a new listener, thank you very much for joining us. We've got a great show coming your way. This is episode 332 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that'll keep you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week... As I was in the California Independent Film Festival watching 16 Candles, there were some of the actors there, so I got a couple of interviews for you. And one of them was Darren Harris, who played Cliff in the film. He was also in Weird Science, and uh, he, he's a lot of fun to talk to. He was sort of, you know, surprising everybody who was there. And uh, we appreciate that he took the time to talk to us. He's going to be coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, so stick around for that. And it's that time of the month when we take a peek at what's coming on in the next coming month. So October releases in theaters and on Blu-ray and DVD will be coming your way. So if you are listening to On Screen and Beyond for the first time, thank you for joining us. And go back to onscreenandbeyond.com or go to iTunes and check us out. We've got all 332 episodes sitting there with some very fascinating people. And, of course, um, Darren is one of them. He's going to be there. And, you know, <laughs> he'll be there for a long time. So you can listen to it. Tell your friends about On Screen and Beyond and check it out. Okay? What do you say? Let's get right into it. It is time for Remake Madness. October releases as far as remakes in theaters. <laughs> Remake Madness coming your way in October. It looks like October 10th, Dracula Untold tells the story of Dracula. Stars Luke Evans from Fast and Furious 6 fame. So he'll be starring in that one. And on October 24th, Ouija is going to be taking the famous board game, the Ouija board, and making it into a terrifying movie. That is it for Remake Madness. That's it. So I'm sure we'll have more in November and December, but uh, that's it for now. So, what's next? Upcoming new movies, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming new movies coming your way in theaters in October. October 3rd, Reese Witherspoon in The Good Lie. October 3rd also brings us Gone Girl. A lot of buzz about this one with Ben Affleck and director David Finch as a wife disappears on their fifth wedding anniversary. And Left Behind on October 3rd stars Nicolas Cage as millions on Earth disappear and a small band of people try to survive. October 10th also brings Disney's Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. (laughs) That's a full mouthful there. And it stars Steve Carell. And it looks like Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall will be starring in The Judge on October 10th. Bill Murray and Melissa McCarthy star in St. Vincent on October 10th. October 17th, you look for Brad Pitt in another war movie as he stars in Fury. It's set in 1945. And October 24th, Keanu Reeves returns as a former hitman in John Wick. October 31st, Daniel Radcliffe throws off the Harry Potter glasses and stars in Horns. It's a, it's a horror movie, you know, sort of a dark thriller, they're calling it. 
And on October 31st also, it's going to bring us Before I Go to Sleep to the screen starring Colin Firth and Nicole Kidman. It's about a woman with amnesia. That's it for upcoming new movies coming your way in theaters in October. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as sequels? Sequel City, what's coming your way as far as sequels in October in theaters? Well, only one. A spinoff more, really. It's uh, from The Conjuring. The uh, movie is called Annabelle. The little doll in that one hits theaters on October 3rd. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen or Beyond, we take a look at what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD in October. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TV on DVD coming your way in October. October 7th, American Horror Story, Season 3, Bates Motel, Season 2, China Beach, The Complete Series, and the following, Season 2. Hemlock Grove, Season 1, The Office, Complete Series, and Viking Season 2, and The One Years, Season 1. October 10th, One Years is back, but this time in The Complete Series. And October 14th, Two Broke Girls, Season 3, Dracula, Season 1, Fargo, Season 1, Two and a Half Men, Season 11. October 21st, Annie Oakley, Complete Series, Mad Men, Final Season Part 1, and The Soul Man, Season 2. October 28th, The Big Valley, the final season, Breaking Bad, the complete series, 2004 Barrel Edition, and it's in Blu-ray. And WKRP in Cincinnati, the complete series. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as movies on DVD in October? (laughs) Movies on DVD coming your way in October, October 7th. Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise, Million Dollar Arm with John Hamm, A Million Ways to Die in the West with Seth MacFarlane, October 14th, Mr. Peabody and Sherman with Ty Burrell, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Anniversary DVD with Gunnar Hansen, and X-Men Days of Future Past with James McAvoy. October 21st, Earth to Echo, The Purge, Anarchy, and Sex Tape with Cameron Diaz, and October 28th, Begin Again with Kira Knightley, and Deliver Us from Evil, and Life of Crime with Jennifer Aniston. That's it for Movies on DVD coming your way in October. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it is time for Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get it to me, eh? And you moan and groan and woe. Don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! (laughs) Celebrity birthdays coming your way in the following week. Not the entire month, just the following week. Uh, September 28th, Hilary Duff turns 26. Naomi Watts turns 45. Benny King, 75. September 29th, Zachary Levi turns 33. Andrew Dice Clay turns 56. And on September 30th, Fran Drescher turns 56. 
Barry Williams of the Brady Bunch turns 59, and Angie Dickinson turns 82. October 1st, Julie Andrews turns 78, Stella Stevens 75, Randy Quaid turns 63, and Stephen Collins turns 66. October 2nd, Sting turns 62, Keller Ripper turns 43, and Don McLean of American Pie, The Song, turns 68. October 3rd, Gwen Stefani turns 44, Sean William Scott of American Pie, The Movie, turns 37, and Chubby Checker turns 72. October 4th, Susan Sarandon turns 67, and Jackie Collins, former guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 76. And you can hear her interview if you go back to onscreenandbeyond.com. You can find it there. That is it for Celebrity Birthdays, and we do not have any listener birthdays. Uh, We have some coming up in the next couple of episodes, but this week there are no celebrity birthdays that were sent in. If you would like to have your birthday or a friend's birthday or relative or whatever celebrated here at On Screen and Beyond to let the whole world know about it, everybody will know. And you can send their name, their age, and, of course, the birthday. we got to know that. And... We will say it here on On Screen and Beyond. Wish them happy birthday. And uh, just send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. We'll get that out there for you. All right. That is it for Celebrity Birthdays. Now it is time for Darren Harris to join us here at On Screen and Beyond. He was in 16 Candles. He played Cliff. He was in Weird Science. And how he got to be on 16 Candles is extremely interesting. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Darren Harris next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is one of those cast members from the memorable film Sixteen Candles from 1984. He also appeared in Weird Science and Better Off Dead. It's Darren Harris. Darren, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi, thank you. Thank goodness for editing. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Well, Darren, you were telling me before we got on the air that you haven't done a lot of promotions and things like this, but here we are at a showing of 16 Candles, and uh, I think a lot of people were surprised to see you here. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it. I hadn't done anything since the the film came out and heard about the screening and just thought it would be fun to participate and see everybody and meet the old cast members and just give everybody some fun on a Friday night. Well, it was great to see you, and 16 Candles, iconic film. How did you come about to be in the film? classic funny Hollywood story where I lived in LA with my family and me and my younger brother went to a movie one night and we're waiting for the movie to start and a woman came up to me and asked if I was an actor out of the blue and I looked at her skeptically and said no and she asked if I'd ever wanted to be I said no and explained that she was a casting director and was working on a movie and I uh, asked who was going to direct it because it was L.A., so I knew about film. And she said a fellow named John Hughes, and he hadn't directed before, so I hadn't heard of him and asked what he'd done. And she said he was a writer for National Lampoon. And that got my attention, an old magazine uh, that was very popular in the 70s and 80s. And um, she just said, you know, we're casting real people for a new movie, and it would be great if you wanted to come down to Universal and talk to us about it. Why don't you write down my number? 
And I looked at her skeptically and said, I, I don't have a pen. And I noticed that the fellow beside me, who was just a complete stranger, had a pen ready to go and said, here, use my pen. So I did and wrote it down and called her and went down to Universal and looked at the script and started auditioning, even though I was not an actor, and just had fun. And it clicked, met John Hughes, and that was it. Off to Chicago. Wow. I mean, that, that's, that's like one of those stories that you hear. You know? it, it's absurd even when I think about it still. But I, I think to the, the fact that I was just this outsider and wasn't all nervous and worked up about it actually helped. So I was relaxed when I went in and did the interviews or the auditions um, and enjoyed it and just had a nice rapport. And that was it. Nowadays, they'd look at this person that, that was asking you those questions. They'd arrest them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 911. <laughs> so you've been to the audition and you, you get the part and everything. Now, did you know any of the people or heard of any of the other people who were in the cast when you started filming? Yeah, I did. And, and, and even then, when I was a kid, was really into film and went to movies all the time and uh, followed the business. So I, that was one of the reasons I did it. So Paul Dooley and Molly Ringwald, Brian Doyle Murray, Zelda Rubinstein, who had been in Poltergeist, Edward Andrews, uh, the veteran actors, and Max Showalter. It was just exciting to be there, and uh, at that point, I was thinking, when I go to college, maybe I'll have to go to film school. So I thought the opportunity to have a summer job and watch how a movie is really made is pretty fantastic. So, when you were sitting around, were you paying attention to how everything was being done? Oh, absolutely. I was uh, talking to the uh, the crew and watching how they were miking things and lighting things and filming, and uh, just fascinated by the whole process. It's just a great chance to watch how a real movie is made, um, talking to the casting people every step of the way. Uh, did you have any idea of what it was going to end up to like, though? No, um, not really. So largely, everybody knew it, it was a relatively low budget. It was a quick shoot, six weeks, uh, six weeks on location um, in Skokie. And I remember John Hughes did that purposely um, because I remember asking him about it because every film, especially on a, a, a lower budget, would be done in L.A. and it had a sameness to it and he was trying to do something genuine and as real as possible so did it in, outside of Chicago and so while on the one hand there was this, uh, this tightness and sense of community and camaraderie at the same time it was a small film and it wasn't the big film for that summer I think it was the summer Ghostbusters came out and I don't know if it was Universal's big film for the summer even so it was definitely under the radar. I think everybody felt good about it, but nobody, nobody could have ever guessed that 30 years later people would still be excited about it. And films like that, I mean, let's face it, back in the 80s, they were making tons of these movies with teenagers and the coming of age and that type of stuff, and, and there's only not even a handful that, that really are still remembered. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So it, it's one of those examples where they're, they're sort of a genre or a trend, um, but so often out of those, something great happens, and, and this was one of those. So there's only a few that stand that test, like Fast Times probably, and maybe Valley Girl, but there's a lot of, a lot of bad ones that we've <laughs> conveniently forgotten about. They tend to do that a lot. <laughs> you know, one thing hits, then all of a sudden, bang, they're out. Sure, it's all cyclical, of course, um, but... I, I, that's one of the interesting things just about the business and about genres is it, it gives an opportunity for somebody like John Hughes who had, at that point he'd written Vacation and Mr. Mom 
but they hadn't been released yet. Because I remember us all as a cast going to the mall near the hotel we were staying at to see those movies when they came out during the filming of Sixteen Candles. So uh, he was unproven as a director, and working within that genre gave him a chance to prove himself. Now, when you, uh, you say you were watching those films uh, and you hadn't had your film come out yet, uh, what was going through your mind? Wow. I hadn't thought about it in 30 years. Um, I, th- I, I don't... <laughs> not to denigrate myself. This director who's got these now huge films on the screen. At, at that point, yeah, but when we were all together as the, these kids at the mall watching... Um, watching Vacation, watching Mr. Mom, or, or going with uh, John Cusack because Class had just come out also that summer. I think it, it just was a bunch of kids having fun and just being excited. Yeah. Excited, but it, not necessarily thinking, at least me, <laughs> we're going to be big stars or anything. Um, it, it, it was funny because it almost felt like we were all in school together, in the, and it was a summer, and we're just, it's the summer, we're going to 7-Eleven and playing video games, we're going to the movies, and then the next day it happened that we were going to be on a film set making a movie together. What's your most memorable moment, not necessarily on screen, but either on screen or off screen? I'm going to have to think about that. Um, you know, one interesting thing, just a funny side story was... I remember doing the film, doing the six weeks, and then going home, back to L.A., flying home, and being excited to fly first class, which was SAG rules. Um, and then they wanted to do some reshoots. So there, there's actually an ending that they filmed for all the characters that never made it into the film that exists somewhere, but they flew me back out to do that. I remember being on the plane on the tarmac at LAX and sitting in first class and sitting beside somebody. I didn't know who it was. And I remember them announcing that it was time for the plane to take off and everybody should sit, but there was a guy in the aisle talking to the fellow beside me. I remember going to give the guy sort of a dirty look. Like, Didn't you hear the announcement? You should sit down. It was Mel Gibson in the aisle. And they, so the, the, the first class of the plane was all universal. So he and these other folks were flying out to film the river. And I was flying out to film 16 Candles. And it was just sort of one of those moments that made me think, well, this very interesting business. And this this other world that I'm getting exposed to. And what an interesting opportunity. Now, did your friends know that you were going to be in this film? They did, and I, I think everybody was just sort of tickled by it. Nobody went crazy with it, um, just thought that's... Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just a funny thing, and we'll see what happens. And again, who could be prepared for, for what did happen? Now, after, when you finished making the film, how soon after before the film came out? Were you in school, at your regular school? Yeah, yeah, just back to normal life because it was almost a year until the film came out because I, I know we filmed over the summer of 83. I don't remember exactly when. And then it came out in, I think, May of 84. So that was a long time and just back to normal life. And, um, so how did they treat you when you were in high school or in school at that time? Um, until then, normally, and then after that, abnormally. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be. Afraid. I remember a complete stranger coming up to me right after it came out and just saying, "How much money did you get for that?" I thought, okay, things are things are a little different right now. So, um, so that was funny. It was just getting used to a different level of, of scrutiny and strangers coming up to me. To this day, 
30 years later. It, it happened to me last weekend even, which is very... Now it's just funny. Yeah. Back then it was a little disconcerting. Right. Now, did, you, do you, did you get a chance to keep any of the props or clothes or anything from the film? I'm trying to think. Um, I know I have some things, but they're all boxed up. I remember um, at the wrap party they had bowling shirts with, the, with a 16 Candles logo on the back. I don't remember any props. No, no, infrared. No, but I, if I recall correctly, the infrared goggles actually worked. And being the real nerd that I was, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> so after 16 Candles, you did Weird Science. Yeah. Uh, how was it working on that film? It wasn't great. <laughs> I don't know if you want to include No, that. That, yeah, no, uh, this is what we want to hear. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I, I remember at the wrap party for 16 Candles, a crew member telling me that it was a really unusual set and that it was just so fun and warm and, and, and there was this sense of camaraderie. And he said, you'll, you'll never experience that again. And I, I obviously remembered that 30 years later. I took it to heart. And I thought, that's interesting because here's a veteran, um, older guy who's worked on a lot of films. And it, it just it, it showed that something special had happened. And I was a kid also, so I was probably going, yeah, well, let's give that a shot. Let's put that to the test, shall we, and do some other films. And at least in my experience, only having done two more, he nailed it. Um, so Weird Science was just a very different experience. Um, different director? or I No, mean, it was John Hughes. But, I mean, okay, but, but, I mean, different people involved with it? or, or? Different, different people involved, different vibe, um, and it didn't, it, it didn't have that tightness and that sense of community. It was more a, a sense of business and um, different production folks, and it, it just wasn't the same thing. But it, it, it makes sense in retrospect where something special happened, and that's hard to duplicate. It's funny that, I mean, Weird Science is still a, a film that people enjoy watching now. It, it's... I don't know if I'd call it a classic, like I, I, 16 Candles. I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny how, you know, was it, you said the, the special connection you had, if, if that's showed up through the film to the people? Yeah, at least in my experience. I was one person, and, and granted, not a large role. Um, that was the vibe. That's what it felt like. And it, it was very different um, compared to that other one. Um, and then Better Off Dead, I recall... I'm trying to jog the memory. Um, pretty good vibe, actually. Um, and part of the closer to the 16 Candles um, kind of set um, under that director. And I, I know he was trying to have that, that same kind of warmth and connection with all of the cast. But you know, even then, it would just showed, well, that, that was a unique experience. And, and I should take that to heart and move on, <laughs> probably, and go back to real life. So what made you decide not to continue? Um, Filming. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, I, I I was interested and gave it a, a, a little bit of a shot, but just seeing the, these people that I work with, they're really dedicated and they're very serious and single-mindedly focused on this. And they're going to acting class, and it's it's a passion, ultimately. And it wasn't a passion for me. I'd fallen into it and had a great time, but for a tough business like that, if it isn't your passion, amongst all the other variables, um, it you know, good luck to you. And so it made it easy for me, actually. So I thought, okay, I had fun with it. It's not really what I want to do. And I'll, I'll just take it for what it was and enjoy it. And one day show it to my kids. And what a fun experience. 
Well, I've talked to a lot of actors and, and everything, and, and a lot of them say if you want to be in this business, you have to have a thick skin because the rejection is there, not because you're not bad or anything, you know, you, you, know, you didn't do a bad job or anything, but because you take it personally every time, you know, I mean, and it's not you, it's just you're not the person they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, you're actually, yeah, exactly right. I, I remember now, um, you think about just in normal life, you go on a job interview. And you have to get yourself worked up, and you have to hope you're going to get the job and commit. And um, if you don't, you're probably not giving it all you've got. And then if it doesn't work out, you're disappointed. And for actors, that happens every day, if they're lucky, if they're auditioning, or a few times a day. And I remember going on a few auditions um, because you know because I didn't I didn't do it for that long, but going on enough. And going through enough of that, that sort of up and down that it puts you through to realize, well, maybe that's why a lot of them go through what they go through, the challenges that they go through, and not wanting it enough to do that. And that's, that's a, a big sort of epiphany um, and, and articulation of what it takes and what you have to be prepared to, uh, to put yourself through. It's a tough business for these people. Yeah, totally different world. Especially for young. I mean, you hear so many young actors who have problems and everything, and I would imagine that that, you know, if, if you're not that the type of person that wants to do that, it could be something that you say, hey. I'm Plus, <laughs> the other thing is, I, I, the best actors are they're artists and they're sensitive, and that's what makes them good actors, and that's I think also what makes them vulnerable. To, uh, to the challenges of that business. I, w I remember going on auditions and seeing people that I knew who were on TV shows and in movies. And I was thinking, holy cow, they still have to go on auditions or even on 16 Candles um, going for a, a callback, uh, going for a callback. And the room was filled with the, the folks that were reading for the grandparents' roles. And just thinking, I, I don't think I want to be in that position when I'm that age. Um, so if, if that had been my life's calling, then I would have said, that won't be me. I'm, I'm going to be great and, and do fantastically. But I, I was just a regular person and more practically minded and thinking, that's not for me. Now, would you do it again if, if, you know, if something came up and somebody said, do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> yeah, if somebody on the, a casting director on the street said, you look like an old nerd. Um, <laughs> I probably would, yeah. Um, just uh, especially with the experience I've had, thinking, yeah, why, why not take advantage of any fun opportunity that comes your way? What would be neat would be having all the 16 Candles people come back, you know, like 16 Candles later in life or whatever. You know? 50 Candles, yeah, yeah. Class reunion or something. Uh, yes, and, and I'm sure there have been discussions like that um, and, and people would be interested. So, yeah, a lot has changed for people since then. And Hollywood tends to like to do either remakes or, or you know, sequels. <laughs> yes, deal with known quantities. It's yes. uh, mitigate your risk. Well, Darren, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. And, and everybody tells me these are the hardest two questions I always ask. Okay, so you ready for this? <laughs> All right, taking, you know, not looking at your acting anymore or anything. When you yourself sit back and relax, if you watch TV, if you go to movies, what are your favorite movies now and of the past, and what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? Um, well, like, like, most people, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy this summer, but my, my favorite movies are very old movies. 
um, and silent films and and foreign films um, like Passion of Joan of Arc from the 1920s um, and uh, The Last Laugh, which is another old, uh, silent film from Germany. So and I am a real film geek, so I, I love that. And Buster Keaton and Oliver, uh, Laurel and Hardy. Um, TV shows, um, I'm stumped, actually. So there's there's nothing right now. What about the past when you were a kid growing up? Kid growing Probably Scooby-Doo, Brady Bunch, uh, like everybody else, and then Seinfeld, but um, not as into TV as I am into, into movies. Yeah. Well, Darren, thank you so much. I'm glad that you took the time to talk to us and share with the people, and uh, thank you very much. It was fun. Thank you. It was good talking to you. big shout out and thank you to Darren Harris for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking to him. We talked a little bit after the actual interview too. And uh, interesting guy. Very, very nice guy to talk with. And uh, if you ever get a chance, say hi to him. Uh, and, you know, heard a lot of people in the audience say, oh, he looks just like he did back then, you know, <laughs> in the movie. So, uh, uh, like I said, a great guy. And we appreciate it that he took the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, if you can just tell a friend Everybody who's listening right now listens to the show. Tell a friend. We will have more and more people listening to these these fascinating people who are our guests here at On Screen and Beyond. And there's just so many. Go back to onscreenandbeyond.com and look over the rerun section of On Screen and Beyond. We have over 332 fascinating guests. Sometimes we even had two guests per show. So uh, check those out uh, from Bob Barker and Gary Sinise, Robert Wagner, and just so many people. Check them out. A lot of fun to listen to these people, and uh, hope you'll have them join us here. So like I say, go to onscreenandbeyond.com. You can hear them all. If you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. If you have a message you want to send us, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. I read every single email that I get. And I thank you so much for doing that. I love hearing from the people and uh, listening to what they have to say and everything. And uh, making suggestions, too, because that's how we get a lot of our guests. We uh, go back and we look and we see if we can find a connection with them. And then we just, uh, you know, turn around and uh, try to get those people on. And uh, it's, 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 it's always fun to hear who you would like to hear. So send them to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we'll see what we can do about getting that person on. That's a wrap for this week. we got another great guest coming our way next week. So until then, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.